Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Consigliere Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Chapin. For this Thanksgiving week, I'm going to give my recommended starts at each position with all 32 teams in action, including six teams on Thursday. Similar to the thumbs up, thumbs down article, I'll get four options at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and then three options at tight end. And I'll also sprinkle in some other names. At quarterback, the start of the week, and this is probably more for DFS play considering he's a lock in redraft leagues. But Joe Burrow, we have as our QB4 for week 12. He's facing a Titans defense that's allowing the third most passing yards per game in the league. And the hopeful return of Jamar Chase gives him huge upside after throwing for 355 yards and four touchdowns in Pittsburgh. So Burrow is our QB4, and I wouldn't be surprised if he finished as the top scorer of week 12. Overall, there's a lot of chalk for quarterback this week, especially compared to the other positions. But I'd say the other three guys that might be undervalued are Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Marcus Mariota. For Brady, my concern right now is the weather in Cleveland is calling for rain and a decent amount of wind, but the offense had seemed to find their footing in Germany, and they're much more dangerous as long as Julio Jones is healthy as the number three wideout. In general, the Browns seem to be falling apart on defense at three and seven. So coming off the bye, hopefully Brady can provide QB1 production and we have him as a top 10 play. For Garoppolo, San Francisco's supporting cast makes him a borderline QB1 every week, and he definitely doesn't get enough credit for how well he's playing, but he should be a top 15 option for the rest of the fantasy regular season, so over the next three weeks, with three home games for the Niners. And the defensive injuries for New Orleans makes them a good matchup right now, so Jimmy G should be able to stay hot. And Mariota, the concern with him had been a potential benching, but Arthur Smith poured water on that thought last week, and Mariota ran it a season high 13 times, including a touchdown in the win over Chicago. So Kyle Pitts being out will hurt, and the passing numbers haven't been great. But Mariota can be a strong QB too if he continues to run to do what he can to move the offense. And because quarterback is, again, pretty straightforward this week, I'll quickly give my thoughts on some of the backup options that might start. For the Jets, Mike White. I would say it can be an upgrade over Zach Wilson for the New York pass catchers. I won't go too deep into the situation with Wilson, but the Jets, I think, want a more structured offense, which is kind of the opposite of what Wilson did at BYU. So getting White in the lineup could lead to a more efficient attack to help boost Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, and the rest of the offense. For the Texans, I think the same can be true of Kyle Allen if he replaces Davis Mills. Allen has played well when given the opportunity. He has a respectable 7-10 record and 17 career starts, but facing a rested Miami defense on the road makes him someone I'd like to avoid, but we'll see if his potential insertion into the starting lineup helps boost the stock of Brandon Cooks and others. And finally, Sam Darnold. I think right now he'll be the guy to start under center for Carolina this week with P.J. Walker injured and Baker Mayfield not playing well against Baltimore but it's a difficult matchup versus a Denver defense that ranks third in the NFL against the pass. So I'd avoid DJ Moore and Terrace Marshall Jr. in lineups if possible. At running back, the start of the week will be Rashad White, who we have as a borderline top 20 option. As stated, the Browns have not played well in recent weeks, and that includes against a run, where Jeff Wilson Jr. and Devin Singletary, not to mention Raheem Moster and James Cook behind them, all having big days on the ground the past two weeks. So Sunday will be a tremendous opportunity for White 
to get a further edge over Leonard Fournette. And he's a clear RB2 even with all 32 teams playing this week. On Thanksgiving night, I like Damien Harris as a solid flex option. Harris looked healthier and even slimmer coming off the bye after missing the game before the bye. And he rushed eight times for 65 yards in the win over the Jets. So with Ramondre Stevenson being held in check, New England might lean more on Harris, who has played very well when given expanded opportunities this year. And I think he's due for touchdown with no scores since week four. And the Pats will want to lean on the running game on a short week to keep Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson off the field. So we have Harris as a top 30 option with the hopes he's given close to an even split with Stevenson. And another backup option that shouldn't be overlooked as a possible flex is Kyron Williams, who I mention pretty much every week. The rookie is averaging 5.6 yards per carry on eight attempts to begin his career, and he's provided juice when he gets the ball in his hands. So with Daryl Henderson, I guess, banged up with the knee injury and Cam Akers averaging 3.1 yards per carry on the season, I think there's a definite opportunity for Williams to emerge this week in what will likely need to be a shootout if the Rams are going to beat the Chiefs. And Williams had already been playing 55% of the team's offensive snaps in Week 11 which shows the coaching staff trust him as a pass protector. And that's something I've highlighted about him all year long. And for the fourth running back of the recommended stars for this week, I'll jump back up to the top 15 in our rankings with Jeff Wilson Jr. taking on the Texans. Houston has allowed the most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. And Wilson has been great with Miami, carrying it 26 times for 170 yards and a touchdown, plus a receiving touchdown in two games, so i definitely give him the edge over Raheem Mostert in a great matchup, and it'd be a shock if the Dolphins weren't able to play from ahead at home. Moving on to the wideouts, my top start for this week is Chris Godwin, taking on the Browns in Cleveland. Godwin is coming off his best fantasy game of the season with six receptions, 71 yards, and a touchdown, and the frustration for him has been his big play upside not really being there coming off the torn ACL but Godwin has seen target total since his return in week four after going down in the opener of 10, 6, 12, 13, 11, 10, and 8, and he's had a stable floor with at least six receptions and all of his healthy appearances. So maybe the week off will have Godwin being more explosive down the stretch, and I don't really see Cleveland having an answer for him based on how they've defended in recent weeks. Sticking with the Tampa Bay offense, I also like Julio Jones as an extremely undervalued flex option. It's notable that the Buccaneers team website, the top post has a headline of Julio Jones, the wide receiver three on the week 12 depth chart, almost as if to say he's healthy and will be a key part of the offense for the rest of the season. Julio definitely looked fast on the touchdown a couple of weeks ago. And like Godwin, hopefully the time off helps Julio become a difference-making big play threat down the stretch. Another overlooked flex option to consider at wide receiver is Darius Slayton versus the Cowboys. Slayton started the season as basically an afterthought for New York's offense, but he's taken advantage of every opportunity that he's had. And with Wondell Robinson out for the season, Slayton is the clear number one wideout for them and will need to be leaned on by Daniel Jones on Thanksgiving. So I think Slayton is a borderline top 30 option with fantasy point totals of 
and 11.1 over the past four games, making him someone you can trust to pick up and start immediately. And finally, for the Rams, I'm not sure if Matthew Stafford will play this week, but Allen Robinson started well as the number one wideout in the first game without Cooper Cup by catching four passes for 47 yards and a touchdown. It only came on five targets, which is disappointing, but again, Los Angeles will need to score points if they want to beat the Chiefs this week and perhaps the efficiency of Robinson will lead to more opportunities as the Rams try to pull off an upset and claw back into contention. So I have him right behind Darius Leighton as a borderline top 30 option. The other guys at wide receiver that I'll quickly run through are Jahan Dotson facing the Falcons. He should avoid AJ Terrell with Terry McLaurin drawing his coverage, and Dotson is too talented of a player to not see more than the three targets he's had over the past two games. Tyler Boyd right now is pushed down the rankings with the expectation that Jamar Chase will be back, but if Chase is out, Boyd can shoot up the rankings probably all the way to the top 20, with Tennessee often struggling to defend wideouts out of the slot. So hopefully for those choosing between Boyd or someone playing on Thanksgiving, we get some clarity on Chase's status by Thursday morning. And then two guys to consider on Thanksgiving night are Nelson Aguilar and Tyquan Thornton versus Minnesota. Aguilar was back to being the number three wideout for New England, following the bye with over 50% of the team's offensive snaps played. Thornton was down to around 25%, but both guys, I think, have a chance to beat rookie cornerback Andrew Booth Jr. on a double move. At least that's where I would attack if I was New England. So maybe not enough to trust them in traditional redraft leagues, but in DFS play, Aguilar and Thornton are cheap options that are worth considering. Now, three guys I would target at tight end this week. There are actually quite a few, considering the usual state of the position. But David Njoku looked healthy despite limited production last week in his return. He was competent enough in his injured ankle to hurdle a defender and should see his playing time climb in the second game back after 37% of the team's offensive snaps played. So with a better matchup and a potential shootout versus the Bucks, Njoku is a more confident tight end one option. Also in the top 10 at tight end is Gerald Everett, assuming he returns from his groin injury. And this is all about the matchup versus the Cardinals, who have been awful versus opposing tight ends, including two touchdowns allowed to George Kittle on Monday night. So with Mike Williams potentially back to being out, if Everett is healthy enough to play, he should be a key part of the offense behind Keenan Allen and Joshua Palmer, and I like him as a top 10 option at tight end. And coming off the bye week, I like Mike Gesicki versus the Texans. Last season, Gesicki caught four passes for 54 yards against Houston, and on a more high-powered offense, his upside shouldn't go overlooked as someone that can attack the holes in Lovey Smith's zone defense. So the floor is lower than you'd like from a tight end, but if you want to swing big, Kasicki's talent and the offense he plays in makes him a quality streamer for Week 12. And the guy I would avoid, despite being ranked as a top 10 option by the consensus, is Juwan Johnson facing the 49ers. Johnson has been on fire with five touchdowns over the past five games, including three consecutive games with a score. But the 49ers have only allowed a touchdown to an opposing tight end in one game this season. And there might be enough options available this week to avoid Johnson 
who could disappoint if he doesn't find the end zone. And that will conclude this episode. As always, you can find our full rankings on wolfsports.com and feel free to reach out with any questions you might have if you're a Fantasy Contigliary member. Until next time, thank you for listening. Happy Thanksgiving and enjoy the games. I'm Dylan Chapin, and this was the Fantasy Contigliary Podcast.